week on Erotic Awakening, a guide to threesomes, YouTuber, and all the interviews. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. The Erotic Awakening podcast and as well as workshops by Dan and Don are offered free of charge to our community. Because of the expenses involved, we're grateful to those that support us through Patreon and donations. People like Andy, who recently became a Patreon member. Cool. Thank you, Andy. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we will be speaking with Stella Harris, who has written a book called The Ultimate Guide to Threesomes, which I will assume comes with some expertise around threesomes, and I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, we are also going to be talking about our international flavor lately and why, when we came back from vacation, our house was ransacked and someone stole our kitchen counter. <laughs> that's not really true. Well, <laughs> that's it what... it looks like it. That, Don, 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 that is called a tickler. Is that, that c- called a tickler? But I don't want people to think we were robbed. I want them to listen to the podcast the whole way through. Oh, that is true. Okay. Well, Do you think well, 550 po- ed- episodes we would have uh, the tickler thing down? Yeah, not so much. Maybe you'll pull the tickler Kingstarter card and I can tickle you later. No, no tickle. Red, red, red. <laughs> so, But the house does look like the kitchen has vomited all over the place. We'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> Uh, how am I supposed to segue between a vomiting kitchen and welcome to the podcast, Stella. <laughs> Stella Harris, uh, you are the author of The Ultimate Guide to Threesomes. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing about threesomes, but first off, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me join you. Our pleasure. So what in the world... So I've done a threesome or two or threesomes. And I'd love to sit here and say, why would you even need a book? Because you just do the same thing you do for a twosome, but with more people. And wow, is it not that easy. <laughs> Which, so I'm That's glad. I sure. wish I had read this book. Everybody's like, oh, a threesome, a threesome. It's like, oh my goodness, so much work. So how did this, <laughs> how did this book come about? Well, this is my second book for Cleus Press. And it, it came about because as a sex educator and a sex coach, Threesomes are one of the topics I am asked about probably more than anything else. It's, I, don't, I don't actually keep statistics, but it's got to be the top one or two. Um, everything from classes I'm asked to teach to questions I'm asked online to questions that coaching clients have for me. Everybody is curious about, about threesomes. Um, and so, and I did a little bit of Googling and there's just not very much out there. You would think there would be tons of books about threesomes. There really aren't. There's only one book that seems sort of semi-serious and it's more than 10 years old. And uh, a lot of the advice is, is not necessarily super sex positive. A lot of the threesome mm. books that are out there are very pickup artisty. They talk about sort of tricking people into it. Uh, and that is not what any of us are all about. Uh, and so it just seemed like there was really room for, for that advice coming from where I'm always coming from, you know, very consent focused, very communication based, very much wanting everybody involved to be treated like a human being whose needs and wants are equally valid. Uh, so it seemed like there was a niche that needed filling. Now, it, <laughs> it we'll just let that one go. Um, I would guess that a lot of the questions are, how do I find them? 
You know, I've got a partner and we want somebody to join us. How do I find that person to join us? That, that is a big part of it. And this you'll see also in any polyamory group, you know, online, you know, the folks show up, a couple shows up and it's always, you know, it's pretty much always um, a heterosexual couple looking for a, a female to join them. And they often get, you know, trashed in those groups as unicorn hunters and, um, you know, I tackle all of this sort of the politics of threesomes in the book as well. And yes, some bad actors have have given folks looking for threesomes a bad name and have made people pretty wary. But I also, you know, I prefer to assume innocence at least the first time. And I think that a lot of people who really just have this fantasy, they go looking for it and they get shot down in ways they don't entirely understand. They don't understand why what they're asking for is potentially problematic or how they can do better. So I also wanted to to answer those questions because yes, how do we have a threesome uh, is this huge question. And you kind of need to back up a few steps and talk to people about, well, what does it mean to be the kind of person that threesomes happen to? Do, do you get into subgenres of threesomes? And I don't know if the terminology is right, but would you look at, do you look at things like um, cuckolding? Yep. Or, okay. All right. Yeah, I talk about a lot of the more common threesome fantasies, including cuckolding. I talk about different configurations of of bodies and genders. Um, I talked to, I actually did an interview with uh, Kevin Patterson of uh, Poly Role Models to talk about some of the um, sort of racial implications in, in cuckolding as well. Um, yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a whole book, right? So I had space to to really deep dive on a lot of these topics. Hopefully, answer a lot of questions in advance. Mm-hmm. So, is the book more about like um, threesomes as poly partners, or is it about? Because my first thought is that it was about um, the actual sexuality of it, the actual getting together as a threesome, maybe going on adult friend finder and saying looking to hook up with a couple or things like that. I mean, does it cover the whole gamut or is it solely focused on polyamory or? It is, it covers everything. It is not a polyamory book. There is sort of one section in one chapter that sort of says, what if it's more than a threesome? You know, what if, you know, what if people catch feelings and you find yourself in a, you know, triad or thruple type situation? And I do address that, but it is more the other thing that you mentioned, more either singles or couples looking to have a threesome or an ongoing casual threesome scenario, but not, it's not aimed at triads. So I'm, I'm curious if you um, go over how to handle different physical limitations. Um, I'm trying to think of a threesome that I tried to have. I am short and wide. The other guy is a little bit taller than me, but not much. And, and um, uh, probably about my size. And then the third guy, the second guy, the third person was like six foot two and lanky. And so do you go over... <laughs> That logistical did not challenges, work. Logistical cha- physical logistical challenges, because yes. that did Very not good. work at all. 
I address that in a couple of ways. One in sort of the beginning when I talk about why even have threesomes, the one of the reasons is for that kind of variety to be able to explore bodies that are, you know, maybe completely unlike the partner or partners that you usually play with. And also to be able to enjoy those contrasts all at once. It's so interesting to have different, you know, shapes, sizes, textures, all of that at once. Um, but there is also um, a long section on actual positions. Um, and in that it discusses sort of pros and cons and, you know, this works if someone is tall, this works if someone is short, this works if someone is flexible, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and that actually comes up in a lot of my, my just sex ed classes, you know, classes I teach on, on things like rough body play, you know, often people want to talk about how to, um, how to account for those, you know, what if the smaller person wants to be the one in power or the one in charge, or how does a taller or bigger person, you know, get to feel submissive. So playing with different physicalities is, is something I get very excited about. Nice. Cause now that I'm in my fifties trying to do this, I'm not flexible. I'm not fast. <laughs> I don't get to bend <laughs> like I used sure. to, but still want to have fun. So it's nice to, to read about those challenges and maybe how to overcome them. Do you often hear from people that once they've had a threesome, once they've experienced it, that they're somewhat let down, that it didn't live up to the fantasy? I, w I know for myself as a male-bodied American, I've been taught that the threesome with two girls is the ultimate fantasy, right? That's the ultimate thing you're supposed to do. And I find them kind of a pain, to be honest. There's a lot of logistics. and That's because you like to focus on one thing at a time. Being mindful for a threesome, as you're saying, that's bad. No, um, anyway, it's let's not get bad, back to my, but it can but, be challenging. But do you hear that from people <laughs> a lot? That once they've found it, it's like not that maybe they're concerned they're not doing it right because it's not so fantastic. I, you know, that actually touches on one of the things that I'm most excited about talking about these days, which is we get so focused on the fantasy that I think we miss the point. And I'm becoming. And incredibly, speaking of old age, I'm becoming a, a jaded sex educator in my <laughs> old age. And when I'm asked about things, just about anything, I feel like my first response is always to say it's overrated. <laughs> um, because you're right, we get there's this idea like the threesome is this ultimate fantasy. And then you show up and it's like, wait, no, it's not. And that's because if you don't think beyond the, okay, let's get three people in a bed. Well, it, and then what? And right. so what? Like what it always comes down to, to me, whatever sex thing it is, whatever kink thing it is, I'm interested in the people and the connection between the people. And that needs to be working. And I think if that's working, anything you do together is going to be great. And if it's not working, anything you do together is going to be not so great. Um, so there's nothing magical about a threesome. Just getting three people in a bed does not create any special alchemy that is going to make good sex if those three people don't have a foundation in place that, that, that will make them able to have good sex. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 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 I, I have one more question for you, not related to threesomes, but more related <laughs> to Stella Harris as a sex educator. Do you mind if I go there? Please do. Do you, you'd mentioned becoming the jaded. It's not, you know, it's not a, like, 
Have you, as for your personal life as a sex educator, have you found that has has had any negative impact on your own sex life? Because really, yeah. I, when I go, <laughs> I spend all day working in Microsoft Excel. When I get off work, the last thing in the world I want is to work on a spreadsheet. Oh, sorry, I just did that to you tonight. That's not important now. <laughs> so, have you found uh, that to be true? Yeah, well, there's there's a few layers to that. Right now, you know, I've been, you know, pretty pretty strictly locked down since March. I am seeing one partner. I am polyamorous. I identify as solely po- solo poly, but I've been seeing one partner who I'm very grateful to have in my life during this time. Um, and I'm not doing anything beyond that, both, you know, for safety and also, uh, you know, constant stress and anxiety does not do wonders for desire and arousal. Sure. Um, and so my interest in sex has just been a lot less in the last year. And that has definitely impacted talking about sex for a living. Um, so that has been an interesting place to be. But as a sex educator, um, you know, what I often have told people is that sort of being a sex educator did kind of ruin my sex and dating life, not necessarily because I was jaded, um, but because of sort of a lack of privacy, especially in Portland where I live, I really sort of peed in the dating pool with that one. Like <laughs> right. I'm so Googleable. And then people are expecting some sort of sex goddess, mm. which, you know, I would like to think on a good day I am, but I'm a whole lot more than that. And I don't want all my dates to just be about sex. I don't want to teach in my downtime. Sure. I don't want to be expected to perform. I, so I'm not really able to sort of meet people as a blank slate and do the getting to know you bits on an even level. Um, you know, so that that was definitely a way that the job has impacted um, my personal life. Um, but I don't think it has, it hasn't ruined my sense of joy about sex things when there is that good connection there. You know, when, you know, pre, pre-pandemic, I met um, a couple on Tinder, actually, and, and started unicorning for this couple. They're younger than me. They're They were pretty new to doing threesomes and they're just super sweet with each other, which is what I look for when I'm the unicorn. You know, I really want people who already have a good connection, a good relationship. Um, And what I never get tired of is, is sort of being a part of other people's joy, you know, seeing them really enjoying themselves, seeing something being a big deal for them that never goes away. So being able to be a part of experiences that are a big deal for someone else helps them be a big deal for me. So I'm not jaded in that way. And this, you know, this reminds me when I was new to the Portland kink scene, I I won't give you my whole life story, but I had a, a sort of semi-accidental detour into vanilla monogamy for a while. And, and when I got out of that and got into the Portland kink scene, I was at a party and I was talking to a well-known sadist who just had a reputation for being terrifying. Uh, And he was propositioning me for play. And I just kind of said like, there's no way I can do any of the stuff that you want to do. I am a wimp. And his answer was great. And it has stuck with me. And it was that 
he doesn't need to do the most extreme thing he's ever done. If something is a big deal for me or edgy for me, like he still gets to share that high. Mm, nice. um, and I have always remembered that answer. And that is still sort of true for me about kink and sex things. If something doesn't need to be weird or new to me, if somebody else's sort of eyes are lighting up, um, I get to share in that joy still. So that was sort of a convoluted answer in, in the sort of the pros and cons of what this career has done to my life. So once I find someone I have a good connection with, it has not ruined my sex life in that way. Um, but it has made meeting people a whole lot harder. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I've had um, instances where I've been at poly meetings and I go to share a poly story and someone's like, oh, yeah, 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 You've, you told that in the book. Blah, blah, blah. I know that, you know. Yeah. So it's very rare that I, I meet anybody <laughs> in the scene anymore, poly or kink, that hasn't, like, heard all my stories. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, I just met someone recently that's like, they're like, oh, my God, I feel like I already know you. And I'm like, I don't even remember your name. Damn. But um, <laughs> I did want to thank you for sharing the unicorn side and the joy that you find from joy, from the couple having joy and, and all of that. That is a really uh, refreshing. Don't, refreshing. Yeah. Yes, people don't hear that side so much. And usually what you hear is the unicorn hunter bashing. And I try right. to speak up sometimes and go, you know, I've got some unicorn friends that actually enjoy this. Stop bashing people. And, it, you know, yeah. it, it just goes right over their head and that's okay. But um, no, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. So yeah, wanting being a couple wanting a threesome, there is nothing wrong with that. The, the thing that gets under people's skin rightfully is when that couple is not treating their potential, you know, threesome buddy, their potential unicorn as a human being who's going right. to show up with their own wants and needs. Right. That is true. Uh, and because enough people have done that, you know, we have communities that are now just wary of any couple that's looking for a threesome yep. um, and is just not giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I get that. There have been enough bad actors that folks are burned out on it. And so that's part of what I'm trying to do is is to educate how not to be that couple mm -hmm. that gets bashed. Um, but yeah, wanting a threesome, I don't believe desires are bad ever, really. Like as long as you are engaging in them with consenting adults you know whatever you want is fine that yeah. that's sort of my stance on it that's nice. a great stance earlier uh when i was looking at your website in preparation for this i did notice that you had another book out there and as i mentioned earlier what a great website where can people find this book your other book and you uh well you can find uh the website that you speak of is stellaharris.net uh, my first book is Tongue Tied, Untangling uh, Communication in Sex, Kink, and Relationships. That's listed on my website, but you can also get it, as they say, wherever books are sold. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it from my local bookstore, Powell's. Um, a lot of local sex shops carry it. Um, so that's all over. Um, if you want a signed copy, you can get it directly from me through my website, um, I'm also, I'm very Googleable. I'm on many of the social media platforms. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Um, I have a new-ish project on Substack. If you go to splash 
www.substack.com. I'm doing a sort of weekly column there um, at a sort of a new project. Uh, Substack is kind of like a Patreon for writers. So that's sort of a new project for me, a new place where you can find me. Um, it is, it is difficult right now to be a person talking about sex on the internet. A lot of the social media platforms are cracking down, um, newsletter providers are cracking down. And so that is sort of an attempt to branch out and hopefully have one more place where, you know, I won't, I won't lose folks with the next sort of change in terms of service. (laughs) Exactly. Nice. Good deal. Uh, Stella, very much appreciate you being on the show tonight. Um, I am pleased to find out that the ultimate guide to threesome it has the depth in a book like mm-hmm. that, that I would be looking for. If you'd be so kind, hang out with us for a little bit while we walk through some of the other stuff on the podcast. Don, you seem to, um, regardless of a pandemic, regardless of the fact that we are not presenting, we can't even leave the house. You have us booked for doing millions of things. How is that even possible? I do. So, but I'm only going to mention the next couple of things because I'm getting ready to put out another newsletter. So, and the newsletter is going to have a list of stuff because while we were away over the weekend visiting our friends, Kevin and Katie, we got booked for quite a bit of stuff. So, uh, different Zoom things. But the next three things I'm going to list are Zoom things that we are personally doing. Oh, um, the, look at us. Yeah, yeah. So, well, mostly me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you work all day too. So um, I've got Al, which is Older Women in Alternative Lifestyles. We'll be meeting on Thursday on Zoom. There is a FET event for this, and um, we're going to be going over beauty routines. So we don't um, usually, um, we're 50 and older, and we're, our bodies are changing and in the kink lifestyle, and sometimes we get a little frustrated. So um, we go over different topics for us and this one just happens to be beauty routine so you know we're stuck at home we might as well share what it is that we're doing then on february 7th we will be doing a freebie zoom on sensual bdsm and we're going to try and break out the camera break out the spanking bench try and make that um somewhat interactive as best to our ability well kind of interactive at least demo-y demo okay. <laughs> and then February 11th, um, I'll be running Eros Gathering, which is my energy group. And it is going to be energy, chakras, and sex. So that's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to find out more about that, you should just be a new subscriber to the newsletter. Like Lidopa from Tennessee. <laughs> and Eva from Oslo. And where's, Andy from where, Canada. Where's Oslo? What am I, Google? <laughs> Oslo <laughs> we'll is Norway, right? Oh, Stella, yeah, yeah, yeah. I are think you, it is. Are, Stella, are you more skillful in geography than we are? Is No, oh. <laughs> no, I grew up in the American school system. I don't geography. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Oslo is in the Norway. I think it is because, yeah, we, we had someone sign Regardless up. of where you're at, head over to neroticawakening.com and find the get the EA shout out. Oh, <laughs> sign up for the newsletter. I don't even know what it's called now. <laughs> so I usually have everything on there of... Uh, dates and and products and all kinds of stuff so um getting much better at getting them out of getting the newsletter out there so um i also wanted to mention that um when we came home from vacation uh besides the fact of our kitchen looking like it had vomited all over the house Mm -hmm. we also had three boxes waiting for us we did so, and one of those, so we got more of the polyamory toolkit in, we got more of Kame Bat's The Collar in, so we have that one, and um, since she passed, and then the polyamory 
dating guide. The very first on our doorstep. Very first printing, very first uh, box of those that we've gotten. Um, so I am currently, right before we started recording this, and after we're done recording it, I will be upstairs in my office addressing all the books so that I can get them out in the mail tomorrow for our Indiegogo supporters. And for those that don't want to buy the book, then hang out on the podcast. The upcoming episode, we're going to talk all about the book. We are. Polyamory so. Dating Guide. But before we can get into that, Dawn. So, yes. I go on vacation. I come back. I can't use the sink in the kitchen because right? there is no kitchen. No, it's a piece of plywood right it's now. It's a big piece of plywood. I have to go buy it in the morning. I might, and I would, didn't really understand this. I really didn't, I don't care about the kitchen as long as it has food in it. And to me is food goes in, food comes out, kitchen works. But one of the things that you seem to, and it seems to be somewhat of a common desire amongst peoples, is to get a new kitchen where you take your existing cabinets and, and uh, countertop mm-hmm. and sink mm-hmm. and you throw it away and you put in new countertops. Look, okay. And- okay. When we got this condo, yes, this condo was built in 1979. Those were original countertops, original veneer cupboards. I mean, you can tell they've been used for, what, 40 years? I would say about the, what we originally had in there, if even the casting person who was putting together a design for a remake of the Brady Bunch would look at those and say, nope, too old. Yeah, they were gross. They were gross. <laughs> so they just, that, they, they that, weren't just vintage. They were gross. I've tried to scrub them down with everything. There was an original cutting board in the countertop. So we're talking a gross glass cutting board with a metal edge around it and dan's like great a cutting board then you don't have to like put it in the sink and put it in the cupboard and i'm like oh god no there is no i bleached it i every 40 years of cut chicken on that cutting board there is no way i'm touching it it's gone so So, um, new cabinets new we have a, um, a friend from the space, which is the community center we used to run and um he is helping me out so this will be my first new kitchen. Well, when they do crack down on the social media stuff, they're not going to crack down on our Instagram because we are the most boring <laughs> Instagram either. Coming soon, find the picture of the day at Erotic Awakening. You'll see pictures of the new kitchen. Oh, and I'll probably be putting pictures of the, you know what? I can do it right now while we're talking. We can put pictures of the box of books. Fair, fair. I do want to uh, mention really quickly... Um, uh, that Stella, you had mentioned that your book, uh, you are using Cleus Press as your publisher, and mm-hmm. we do not get any kind of compensation from Clea Press, but I always like to throw their name out there because they just have been uh, a fantastic part of the community. Oh, yeah. And every time that we have an event in the past, they've said, well, let us send a couple books and we'll put them out on the donation table. And, um, They've always been very gracious, and so a tip of the cap to Cleus Press. You're uh, lucky to have them as a publisher would be my thought. Absolutely. They've been great to work with, yeah. Good. And since, um, well, you know what? We warned you earlier. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's bust out the Kickstarter cards. Oh, okay. Here, I'm going to let you do the the thing because I'm still Instagramming. All right. So I'm going to pull three random cards out. And Stella, as we mentioned earlier, these are a variety of implements, uh, sexual and sexy acts, accessories, and the like. And you volunteered, for some reason I don't understand, to be part of this shenanigans. Uh, do you want the first card, second card, or third card? I'll go first. All right. 
Are you into, do you dig, would you run away from, um, ooh, ooh, wow, first, huh? You picked an interesting one. <laughs> How do you feel about the old, well, you can't really make it out on our, there you go. How do you feel about fisting? I am a big fisting fan. Uh, speaking of, you know, you asked about my, you know, my dating life. This was actually one of the first things that ruined my anonymity. I did... Uh, a storytelling show uh, in town called Mystery Box. And I told a story all about the first time I was fisted, which was, of course, at a kinky play party. Um, I've done that one actually both for Risk. It was on the Risk podcast oh, right and on. show. And for a solid year there, if you Googled me, the first thing you found was this fisting story. <laughs> uh, so that did wonders for my reputation. <laughs> Um, I prefer to be the the fister. Um, I've okay. done actually classes on on fisting. I've done live demo classes about fisting. I'm a bit of a delicate flower when it comes to receiving. Um, so it requires lots of patience and tiny hands. Uh, <laughs> but I am I am an enthusiastic top. There is a um, strange thing that happened. I broke a bone in my upper wrist. And the doctor, as we're going in through medical rehab, the doctor says, so what kind of things do you do with your, you know, your hand? Because I want to be able to, you know, I want you to be able to have that full, and, you know, I said, well, typing, of course. And then I'm trying to make the, the, and if you're a fister, you know, like the duck, the duck bill, duck bill <laughs> yeah. fingers that you make. And I say, well, I, and I got to do this motion sometimes. And they're like, oh, why? And I'm like, I like to do puppets. So this is my puppet <laughs> motion. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Dawn, one or, or two or three? Uh, three. Okay. How do you feel about rope and chains? Mm, I'm not much of a rope person, actually. So, uh, and chains, the only way I've liked them used so far is stuffed up in me and pulled out like a lawnmower. Fair. <laughs> so when it comes to restraints, not so much on the rope and, and chain. I'd rather do the Velcro. Fair enough. And the other, cre oh, and the cling wrap. I, I am fortunate that you do not like the rope because that matches my skill level with rope. We actually have, I was looking on our YouTube channel mm -hmm. and we actually have a video of you doing rope with me that, that um, Kame Bat took of us to the tune of Benny Hill. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. And uh, my card is Flogger. Flogger. Huh. Floggers. What's that? <laughs> Well, that was another thing you had to tell. Yeah, the I had to tell therapist. with my physical therapist. <laughs> I also like using nunchucks, so I have to turn my wrist in this certain manner like that. Do you like flogging, though? I love flogging. I would say that of all of my toys, of all of my uh, gear, the oldest piece of, of equipment that I have is a flogger from... Oh, that was the one that I won... At yes. Ohio Leather Fest yes. years and years ago, like Good 201 17? or something. Even more. It's two, yeah, yeah, it was 2001. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. Uh, MT Leather? Mm-hmm. MT still, Leather out of Cincinnati. Still a solid flogger. Used um, to have a matching pair and then lost lost one of them yep. in a hotel at a kink event somewhere. Yes. So someone's got an amazing flogger. And, and this goes back to, uh, a little bit goes back to, threesomes, but really any kind of thing that you do, whether it's a sexual thing or BDSM, whatever it is, 
have, I'm a big fan of have something that you have mastered, mm-hmm. right? And as I play with a new person or things get a little weird and I'm not really sure what direction to go or I'm not feeling it quite right, you go back to that thing you've mastered. For me, there's, it's not only flogging, it is a specific flogger. And it, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm the greatest flogger in the world, but I am very instinctive and good at this particular flogger and using it. Um, I've got a sex thingamajig that I feel very confident as well with, mm-hmm. you know, and if I'm kind of losing track and losing where I'm at, I'll fall back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of gives you a sense of confidence because you know what you're working with. Yeah. So, nice. I like that flogger too. I hope that doesn't happen when I'm fisting. Like you get halfway through and you're like, what was I doing again? Or, <laughs> I, I, I do know that the key to fisting from every fisting teacher that I've, any, every class, if you think you need X amount of lube, add more. That seems to be one of the more common ones. That That's is- good advice for most things, really. <laughs> <laughs> so Don, we're just about going to wrap this thing up. I do want to mention recently, um, we've done a little bit more on YouTube lately and mm-hmm. I don't know how, but somehow we've must have hit some algorithm of some sort in that the number of YouTube subscribers we're getting, and I don't want to use the word skyrocket because we're not uh, punctuation zero or Sam Manila, which I heard for the first time yesterday <laughs> or one of these or Z Frank, you know, these guys that have hundred thousand views. But it's a lot. F- but for us, for it's us, skyrocketed. it's skyrocketed. So. And including, we're starting to get the comments. The One of my favorite comments that I've gotten is, what is this? Why is it on my front page? I don't even know what this is to one of our videos. Oh, I don't know why. Probably. That tickles me that, we, that somebody <laughs> got that. It's terrible, I guess. I marked them all adults only, so hopefully it's not. So I would guess that it's only showing up for people that have done some kind of a search. I think they were just dodging. I think so, too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to wrap this thing up. Tentacles. Yeah, whatever. We must talk about the tentacles because Chip, the tentacle guy, thank you so much. You get it. So Chip sent me a link that is full of so much tentacle porn and it's so hot. I went over to Kevin and I'm like, he gets it. He gets it. It's Chip, the tentacle guy. And I showed him some of my tentacle pictures. It was cool. Can you see the look of boredom on my face? Well, that's because you got food on boobs. Chip the tentacle guy. Also, <laughs> Chip the food on boobs, Briner. <laughs> Apparently, there is a subreddit called uh, NSFW, not safe for work, food. How really? The fuck did I not know that? <laughs> Man, you could put a lot of food on boobs. Yeah, well, Popcorn Day was a couple of days ago, and I put a picture out on Instagram. Oh! And someone was supposed to send you a picture of popcorn on boobs. Did you get one? No. No. Oh, they didn't follow through then. I got something. Uh, Somebody that we know. Yes. And I'm not going to bust their anonymity. I will tell you who they are later, though. They said, oh, I'm going to send you food on boobs. Oh, yeah? What kind of food should I put on my boobs? Uh Uh-huh. And I said, I I don't know why. The very first word that came to mind was spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) And they took a box of spaghetti, uncooked, and dumped it on their boobs and sent me a picture of that, which is great. Very much (laughs) appreciate that. Sending nudes. Yes. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com, Erotic Awakening, and take a look at the options, like discounted stuff, extra content, free books, 
Oh, yeah. So next Zoom meeting for our Patreon supporters is February 14th. The topic is let's chat about loving power exchange. Info will go out to our Patreon supporters. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Stella. Bye, Stella. Bye, Stella.